0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 39 of Three Course Politics. I'm Hills. And I'm Josh. And we are back. And, you know, sorry for the, the delay. Sometimes uh, life gets in the way of stuff. But we are here and we have a great episode for you today. On today's pod, uh, your appetizer is going to be about what different bills in, in Congress should the House of Representatives focus on. And should the White House focus on? You know, there's a lot of things in play. So how should how should they get done? The entree is what should Biden and Democrats do about Trump in a post-Trump presidency? He's going to be around. He's here. So how should we how should we plan for him? Your life under lockdown is going to be about vaccination rates and COVID rates. Uh, we have a, a little bit of a Interesting uh, pattern going on here between vaccinations and COVID rates across the country because we just can't listen to what we need to do. And your, our dessert is going to be, we're going to be talking about boycotting the Olympics because of China. Not because of who they are, but what they do. Josh, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, um, you know, there's a, you know, I think the most frustrating thing that we're going to talk about is the vaccine versus the COVID rates because we're so close to being done and some people just can't listen um so that that'll be interesting and you know it's just very depressing hills that we have to talk about Trump um in a post Trump life I thought we were done with that guy but he you know he just never seems to go away
0: we mostly are done with him <laughs>
1: yeah well, well we're more
0: done with him than we were before well yeah but uh, that was a low bar <laughs> Yeah, he can't actively screw up your life now. I mean, passively maybe, but
1: like, yeah, he's not making a law. That, but that, yeah, that's true, I but mean, he's he, he, he is uh influencing all the laws that Republicans want to make. And
0: it's, it's interesting about COVID. Like, can you imagine just not getting COVID throughout this entire pandemic and then now you're the person to get COVID? Like, why, like, you couldn't not keep it up
1: until now? I know it's like you've gone a full year. And then it's like, you know what? Now I'm going to go out and
0: get COVID. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, okay, so all the things you did for those number of months are for nothing. Yeah. But anyway, we'll be talking about that. <laughs> have you subscribed? If you haven't and you're listening, we would love to invite you to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, just go on your podcast feed, click subscribe. It'll help get you your episodes. Wherever you're listening to, you don't have to go find us out. And if you really like listening to us, If you could just take a minute to leave a written review, that would be really, really great. If you just pause the episode right now, go to your podcast app, leave a wonderful, wonderful five-star review for us. We would love that, and we would really appreciate it. So thank you very much if you
1: decide to do it. We appreciate that. Josh, anything else before we we begin? No, I think uh, let's get started. We have a lot to cover. So uh, we'll just move on to our pre-dinner shot, which is coming up next. Here is your pre-dinner shot question. This is an easy one. Well, easy in the sense that you have a 50-50 chance of getting it right. The question is, true or false? We should be concerned about the U.S. debt. Okay, true or false? We should be concerned about the U.S. debt. Maybe in the show links, we can put a link to the U.S. debt clock, which as of at time of recording the us debt is 28 trillion
0: that's not that much money
1: it's it's over oh sorry over 28 trillion <laughs> debt per citizen is 85,209 dollars hills do you have 85,000 dollars you can just kind of fork over
0: i i can't fork it over but you know my student loans are bigger than the us national debt so you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> perfect Perfect. Well, maybe, maybe maybe Biden can help you out with that.
0: You you know who's really big on getting the debt down, right? Republicans.
1: Republicans. All they care about. <laughs> well, only sometimes. Only sometimes. Actually, what's really funny, Hills, is this morning I saw a report that Biden's budget for I think the Defense Department and like military spending was like seventy five trillion or seventy five billion. I think it was. Um, it was over 75 billion, and not a single Republican is talking about how are we going to pay for the de- the defense bill and blah, blah blah blah. But you know, when it comes to like defense, and there's a Republican in uh, in uh, in the White House, suddenly defense suddenly suddenly debt doesn't matter. But when it comes to you know having a Democrat in the White House or anything that's not you know, the military, suddenly it's, how are we going to pay for it? And we have to cut spending and this and that. And it's very frustrating.
0: (laughs) Oh, you have to cut, you have to cut domestic spending. Very, very, all the spending that the Republicans don't care about, they must go, but all the things that they care about. Oh, that's, that's essential. It has to stay.
1: It's essential. Essential. Yeah. So anyways, we will give you the answer at the end of the pod. Uh, But that is your pre-dinner shot, and we have your appetizer that's coming up right now. Here is your appetizer. Uh, For your appetizer, we're going to talk about um, three big bills that have been talked about in terms of the next thing that uh, the Democrats and the the Biden White House could pass. Um, Believe it or not, the midterms are already being talked about. And even though Biden's been in office for less than 100 days, it's likely that he has a chance to only pass one more big piece of legislature. So we thought it'd be important to look at the three options that uh, most people are talking about. These are not the only three, but these are the three big things that um, people are saying the Biden White House could try to get done. Some of them are easier than others, and we'll talk about that. But the first one is HR1. Now, if you listened to this podcast, uh, the last episode—if you haven't, you should go back and listen to it. But um, Hills and Brett did a great job of breaking down HR1 and how important that uh, bill is. It's also known as the For the People's Act um, or the John Lew- the John Lewis um, Civil Rights Act or Voting Rights Act. So here are the things that the HR1 does. Um, It establishes a set of national voter registration and mail-in voting standards. It guarantees voters same-day registration on election day. It establishes a nonpartisan redistricting commission. It takes the money out of politics and it tries to make it so that you have to disclose who your donors are. It creates an ethic code for public servants and public officials an oversight on, on lobbyists, and presidents must release their tax returns. Hills, I know that you and Brett talked about H.R. 1 a little bit um, last pod, but can you just remind the people why this piece of, of um, potential legislature is so important?
0: Oh, I mean, this piece of legislation is could change the entire country. I mean, same-day registration, making it easier for people to vote, I mean, that is just... Right now, there are so many restrictions on voting. You know, you have to register. You have to make sure your registration's in at a certain time. Right? That's a common one. Right? That you can't just register when you go to vote if you aren't if you aren't registered before, and thus you can't vote. Then, a national system of mail-in voting standards so Republicans can't take away that vote. I mean, look at the Georgia law, just the the a few weeks ago. I mean, it makes it so much more restrictive. And they say, oh, it prevents fraud. Yeah, all of these things are going to prevent fraud as well. Just because you restrict people to vote doesn't mean it prevents fraud because we have a very low level of fraud in this country. But anyway, having more people vote is always better. And it also, the nonpartisan redistrict, redistricting committees can really change the way elections are, are held and who represents you in your district.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, the, this, uh, this bill, right, HR 1, it would really help to combat what's going on in Georgia, Texas. Iowa. I mean, you uh, you just look at all these restrictive bills that are currently happening, and AHR one can can help out Democrats a lot in the sense that you know if Democrats want to remain in power, right, they they need to you know get all their voters out, and this makes that a lot easier. Um, also, presidents have to release their tax returns, so you know that's a nice little jab at Trump there.
0: Yeah, and you know what. Yeah, this might help Democrats, but it also could help Republicans. Like, at the end of the day, an election is about the battle of ideas. So there might be an election that a Republican is very popular, and then people want to go vote for that Republican. Right. right? So, like, this can help them, but the fact of the matter is they are trying to restrict people who
1: vote because they don't want to compete anymore. Right, exactly. Um, So that's H.R. 1 that's one bill that um, that, that the Senate the, the house has already passed and the Senate would need to take that bill up. Now this bu- this bill needs 60 votes. So I don't know who the 10 Republicans we're gonna get are who are going to pass this bill for us. Um, I don't think we can find 10 re- Republicans to take a stand and do the right thing. so um, if this bill were to pass, we would need a filibuster to uh, go away, uh, but we will get there. Uh, so let's move on down to guns. There has been a uh, horrific mass, mass shootings lately, Colorado, Atlanta, Maryland, South Carolina, um, just to name a few. And there is renewed calls for Congress to pass some kind of gun legislation. So Biden took some action uh, on Thursday. He passed some executive orders. That uh, would t- take a- these actions on ghost guns, as they're known, um, and also would um, he appointed a new head of the ATF, um, which is uh, the Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms um, uh, Committee, I guess, or I don't know what they're called, but <laughs> there's a group of people.
0: It's an agent. It's a federal. An agency. agency.
1: There we go. Um, and the person that he put at the, at the top of that is a gun control advocate. Now I think he has to be put through, through Congress. He has to be confirmed, but he did put appoint someone there. But that's kind of all Biden can do. And the fact that he can do so little really speaks to, you know, the limited power the president does have in terms of creating laws. Hills, what are your thoughts on the two little actions that Biden took?
0: Oh, I mean, the fact that he nominated someone to be head of the ATF is is a big deal. Like, these are all really good things. And of course, like, the executive actions, I don't know what ghost guns are, but they don't sound good. So I'm glad something <laughs> was done about those guns. But you're right, any legislation will have to get past a filibuster. And so and this is a theme throughout all these bills. I mean, how far does Biden want to go? Right? Does he want a sweeping legacy passed by one party in Congress? If you change the filibuster, as we talked about the other episode, last episode, and if you haven't heard it, you go back and we talk about it extensively. Like, you then potentially undermine your legacy going forward because then those things can be undone. So, Toomey mansion has a gun bill that almost passed back in like 2012, 2013. It was after can Sandy Biden Hook. Can Biden do right? something? Yeah, after Sandy Hook. And you know, it will be a smaller bill if he wants to go with that. But does he like lead out with the, hey, let's get this one done and we can go discuss the other stuff. I mean, his progressives are going to be pissed. But does he want to get something done? That might be the best way to do it.
1: Right. I should say ghost guns are guns that um, the, basically a manufacturer would sell you different parts and then you build the gun at home. Right. Um, and that technically is not buying a gun you're buying different parts of it and i guess biden can can take action on that i guess and and he's taking he, he, he took action to you know get that under control because you know building a gun at home is just something that everyone should be able to do right
0: well uh, yeah i i think they should it's like build a bear workshop except for guns
1: <laughs> build a bear workshop uh, so, uh, ridiculous. So as, that's funny. Uh, so <laughs> as Hill said, uh, there is a bill, the Toomey Mansion bill, which is sponsored by Pat Toomey, the Republican out of Pennsylvania, and Joe Manchin, everyone's favorite Democratic senator from West uh, Virginia. And this bill would alert federal officials when someone who is prohibited from buying a gun attempts to do so. So, like that's something, right? Like like that is something. Right, it's it's small, but it's Biden can take action and say, on guns, I you know, we, we, we passed this bipartisan bill, I took action on ghost guns, the head of the ATF did this and this. So like it's something, but it's not enough. Right. Um, you know, the idea of universal background checks and banning assault weapons and assault rifles are also being tossed around. I know the House has passed a number of bills, and those two things—background checks and banning assault rifles—are very, very popular amongst people in the United States. It's like 80 or 85 percent, maybe even higher than that. Like it's just ridiculous how many people want that stuff to happen. But you know, you have Republicans in Congress who just you know they don't want their money from the uh, NRA to to uh, to dry up, if you will
0: yeah and it's also like you could put something out in a poll right it depends on what the poll is and some guy could say yeah 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 i don't think those things would be on the streets right but then when you say oh we're gonna actually then ban these they're gonna be like wait 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 i didn't say that like Mm -hmm. i don't know polling can sometimes lead us to think about things that like aren't true but it's all about the money at the end if if people actually all agreed about that then they would tell their congressperson, they wouldn't vote for the congressperson who says, I want to keep all guns on the streets. So like, you know, it's a little bit of a, we don't make the case enough to people who actually do believe that, that they should be electing different people.
1: Right. Yeah, that's very true. So that's uh, guns Is Biden could take some action on on guns. Um, And the last bill in front of, uh, in Congress right now, uh, is the is the Biden Jobs Bill the Build Back Better, if you will? Uh, this is a massive bill. You know, I think um, I think it's it's well over two trillion dollars. Um, but it's going to do a couple of things. Biden wants to fix the highways, the ports, bridges, airports, and you know different kinds of transit. He wants to deliver clean drinking water to people. He wants to take out those lead pipes. Um, and replace them with something cleaner. He wants universal broadband. He wants a new grid. You know, we we saw what happened in, in, in Texas when that storm hit. So he wants this new kind of advanced um, grid for for power. Uh, he wants to invest and create care jobs. Those are jobs for people who care for the elderly, daycare as well. Um, he wants money to put into revitalize schools and manufacturing. He wants to create uh, clean, safe jobs where people can join a union if they want to. And he's going to pay for all of this by raising the tax rate uh, on, on, uh, corp- on, on corporations, you know, many of which paid zero dollars in income tax, um, you know, this past year. Hills, what are your thoughts on Biden's job bill?
0: I mean, this, this, uh, all of these bills could be the most influential and, and society changing bills that come across the desk in, like, a generation. I mean, this is huge. I mean, this... Build Back Better, I mean, you have traditional infrastructure, you have new infrastructure, and then you have, like, infrastructure adjacent that if you don't change that as well, nothing will actually change. So, um, and that's, like, elder care, right? That mm-hmm. you could you could make a case that a lot of things are infrastructure. But, I mean, this, I think, is probably going to be his focus. I mean, this will actually... All the things, the potholes you see, you know, the bridge would rust on it that you may commute over, the airports that kind of look kind of sucky, mm-hmm. the fact when you go to another country, their airports are nice and new, and then yeah. when you come back to the United States, they look like crap sometimes, <laughs> like Amtrak, like the fact that Amtrak is like old and ex- expensive to go on, and that train travel is basically not a new thing here, like this is a massive, massive piece of legislation.
1: But Hills, isn't it correct that the New York Port Authority is a, is a lovely place to be? Don't you just love spending all, all your time there?
0: Uh, Penn Station <laughs> is the—well, they're redoing it now. They're redoing ah, it. I don't build know back better, books, right?
1: Build back better.
0: Yeah, they're building back something. So uh, The new train hall we have in New York City for Amtrak is pretty nice, but Penn Station is not so nice. <laughs>
1: Um, so anyways, uh, and the, the nice thing about the jobs bill is that the Democrats could pass that through reconciliation. They just got, um, a, uh, uh, Schumer just got a hearing or approval from the, the, uh, Senate parliamentarian who basically says, can we pass things through reconciliation? Meaning that we only need 51 votes, right? And that's usually stuff that has to do with a budget and um, and you know like money and stuff and so we we passed the COVID nineteen Recovery Act uh, that, Bi- that Biden passed that was passed through uh, reconciliation and it looks like uh, the jobs bill also has that potential it can pass with fifty one votes so Kamala Harris would be the um, tie breaking vote so those are the three are the three uh, bills that have been talked about there are some other things you know that have been tossed around but those are the main three bills that are in. Congress right now. Um, and so we have the question what should Biden focus on? Um, I think it comes down to either him focusing on the jobs bill or HR 1. Um, sadly, it seems like gun reform, which is something that we're just never, ever going to get done. Um, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't fight for it, but it just seems at this point like, uh, I mean, uh, maybe I'm pessimistic, Hills, but you can correct me if you think differently. But I just thought if we're not going to pass any gun, you know, reform after children were murdered in a school, then I don't know what what it's going to take.
0: Yeah, I was surprised that they didn't pass it many years ago. So I I think the gun bill – the gun bill, it's either going to be really narrow if he wants a bipartisan part of this, but – you know, he's in a tough spot. If you think about from a political angle on the gun bill, it's, it's tough, right? Because if he goes it alone and gets rid of the filibuster for some way, that all can be undone. And then you have Republicans who are gonna gin up their people for the midterms, and it might drown out any benefit. You know, guns are a touchy subject here, even though it needs to be done. And then you have HR1 and the jobs bill, which I, I agree with you. I think maybe we, we probably need to get one of those things passed, and I'm assuming it will be the jobs bill. Um, rather than hr1 if you had to choose one which i don't think you need to choose one right but right the gop and here's what the gop and here's what biden started to do which i really really like no gop voted for the, the stimulus the last covid covid bill and then they went back to their districts and said what they did for the district yeah so they got all the benefits without voting for it and so they could say i didn't vote for this but then they get all the benefits for their district. So Biden and the Dems. I mean, it's harder politically, but you know what? This is the job of politics. You need to go out to the American people and have say, like, "Hey, this guy's taking credit for it. He's a liar and a fraud. He didn't vote for this. He doesn't care about you." So right. you need to you need to actually tell people what you know the fact that someone didn't help on a group project, <laughs> or they're going to get credit for it and then stay in power.
1: Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. It, it, it's up to Biden and the Democrats to say, you know. Hey, that, that you know, that the the two thousand dollar check that, that 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 you got, you know, or I guess technically it was, you know, twelve or fourteen hundred, but whatever. But the check that, that you got, you know, um, you know, how was how that for you? You know, this guy didn't didn't vote for it, this this woman did didn't vote for it. Hey, that vaccine that, that you got, right? The fact that we have vaccines in your community now, your member of Congress didn't, didn't vote for it. Right? Like just simple things. And they've started to do this, which is great, but they've done it on billboards. I don't understand why they did it on billboards. And I'm praying to Jesus that they also have, you know, some like internet or digital ads. But up in like North Carolina, you know, it's, it's a picture of Biden. And it says like the three, it's like, it's like three things. It's like $1,200 checks, shots in arms, money for, for schools and, and, and states. And then it has the picture of the two Republican senators and it says no thanks to you know uh, blank and blank, right? Like that's perfect. You, it's very simple, right? You highlight the three things that the bill, that this bill did. Biden's responsible for it, and the and your current senators didn't help you out at all. Like that's perfect messaging. I just hope that Biden's strategy is not using billboards and like you know jets that write things in, in in the sky i'm hoping that you know he has some more <laughs> <Yeah>. digital <laughs> and Some, but you know i i'm sure kamala is is on that and i'm sure she's you know helping out with you know digital messaging and stuff
0: <laughs> uh uh planes in the sky i don't know i think that billboard could be more effective if you said this senator and this senator voted against your family like mm. Like, they highlighted Biden, like, thanks to Biden. I think it's good. I mean, look, yeah, put it on a digital ad. Reach more people. Put it on a YouTube ad. Like, right. ingrain this. This is what Trump did. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, Trump almost won. And so you have to think about, okay, what did he do to reach voters that worked? Because right. that team did something that worked at the end of the day.
1: Right, right. Well, to reach more voters, he Trump was super racist. So maybe Biden should become more racist. Is that what <laughs> is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think
1: that's a good strategy for him. Uh, but uh, getting back to the jobs bill, uh, the jobs bill is an issue – so like Hills and I agree, H.R. 1 or the jobs bill uh, are the two things that Biden should probably focus on. The jobs bill is, is an issue that Biden – he ran on this and he can go back to the people in 2024 and say, I did you know this, this, this. We created this many jobs. Right. It will also help help out down ballot Democrats who are in tough races. Right. I mean, besides COVID, the number one thing that that, that people always care about is jobs. Right. So that's why Biden should do jobs. But as we've talked about with, with HR one, will any of this matter if HR one doesn't pass and the GOP continue to restrict voting rights and the access to to the ballot? So um, it and and. You're right, Hills, we shouldn't have to do either one. We should try and do both, right? But the jobs bill, as you've said, can pass through the Senate with 51 votes. H.R. 1 needs 60. So we definitely need to get rid of the filibuster. you got to put that pressure on Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin is, what is waffling so much between either he's open to filibuster reform he wants to go back to the talking filibuster to this week he said i'm doing no i will not reform the filibuster at all We have to leave it the way it is joe manchin's going to give me a heart attack hills
0: we have time to work on him i think he's moving in the right direction i think he's maybe just received some pressure and uh he's trying to he's trying to cover his butt his his butt a little bit but i think he you know he said it once so i think he actually believes it i think if uh, if Biden, and Biden, if Biden is a relationship man, he says he was, he will be able to work
1: with Joe Manchin. Gosh, I really hope so. so. It's all about relationships. It's true. It's true. It's all about relationships. Well, speaking about relationships, let's talk about what our relationship with the former president should be in the entree coming up right now.
0: Welcome to your entree. We're going to be talking about how the former president impacts current politics. So what are we going to do about Trump, right? He is uh, he is—he's a, a problem that just does not go away. Trump is still a force to contend with. He dominated white voters. He made inroads with core Democratic voters like Hispanics, African-Americans, and has a broad command of the GOP. He still runs the show here. He honestly still runs the show with GOP. He will be around likely, as we mentioned, his body's not a temple. Uh, He will likely still be around throughout the entire Biden presidency. Doing stunts, making comments, endorsing candidates, controlling the party. And this is not, I mean, look, Obama did a lot of the same stuff during the Trump presidency. So some of this is pretty standard. Some of this is also pretty new. So the question is, what should Biden and company do about Trump? How should they... How should they react to him? What should the strategy be with him? And so we laid out a couple of different ways to, to do it here, and these are obviously not extensive so but we're going to talk through a few ways we can biden can can react to Trump and maybe help mute him a little bit more. Josh, you have any thoughts before we get started?
1: uh no, I think that uh I agree with most of these um uh, ways to deal with the former president. There's one that I really like
0: <laughs> that
1: when you talk about, it, I will fully endorse. But I think all of these are are good ways for the president to deal with a bully, basically, because that's what Trump is. He's just a big bully. So,
0: yeah, he's a big bully, and uh, I, I can't ima- I can't believe that like no one else has really figured out how to deal with him yet. So, anyway, now better now than ever. So number one. The first way that Biden and Democrats can potentially deal with Trump is to counter him. You know, first, Biden can start engaging Trump on his BS, calling him out, making contrasts, responding to his comments. This would, if this strategy, you know, countering what he's saying, you're just reacting to Trump, like reacting to everything he's saying. This would elevate Trump and take away from Biden's agenda. The news would be about their spat taking the Biden administration off message about whatever they're talking about that week. However, it would also allow Biden to provide a counter-narrative and get the truth among all the lies that Trump spews. Remember that misinformation spread and took hold of really core constituencies because of the lack of truth in certain communities. I mean, I was reading an article, um, I think it was by a uh, a Florida-based newspaper online, and maybe the Miami her- her- Herald, how... WhatsApp misinformation had spread like wildfire throughout the Hispanic community. And you look at the results in Florida, in Miami, many, many Hispanic and Latino dominant neighborhoods went Republican, a big shift from voting for Clinton in 2016. And strict new election laws by the GOP are based on the big lies about fraud, which went really mostly unchecked by Democrats back in the back in the winter. And I gotta say, I think if Dems did more to counter the message that Trump was putting out about election fraud, we may not have the Republicans may not have the
1: excuse to make laws
0: based on a lie. So, Josh, what do you think?
1: I think I agree with, with that. I I worry a little bit that responding to stuff, everything that Trump says, is just it's exhausting, and it's gonna. I think I worry it would take Biden off message during the um. The campaign, Biden didn't really do a whole lot of countering unless Trump, you know, criticized him directly or criticized something in his family. And Biden's way of going about that was just saying that's a lie or that's not true, right? Um, you know, I, I I worry just a little bit about engaging Trump in that manner. And then the these press brief briefings and these things that Biden do, it becomes once again all about Trump. Like, if Biden has a pattern of consistently responding to everything Trump says, then Trump holds the narrative and he remains in the in the news, right? So I worry a little bit about that, but you're absolutely right. We do have to find a way to counter um, all the misinformation, all the lies, um, especially if Biden wants to try to, to uh, expand his map in uh, 2024.
0: Yeah, I mean, it becomes a Trump show, right? It becomes like, oh, Biden said this, Trump said that, so... There, there's a clear downside to that strategy. But uh, again, we can't just let the lies go unchecked. So but in the next scenario, you kind of can. So the, the next strategy would be to ignore him. Biden could simply just pretend he doesn't exist. Full stop. No attention, no response, not care what he does, when he does it or what he says. It would let Biden decide the messaging, and it would, it would deprive him of the oxygen that he really, and the media attention he loves. However, because we live in the real world, it may let Trump continue to stir up controversy that Biden may be eventually forced to respond to. It could help potentially brainwash the country even more into thinking that what tr- the narrative Trump is pushing out are just untrue. Essentially, ignoring him would turn into a game of, who is louder? And that's always Trump. So if you ignore a bully, the bully's still going to be there and doing things to you and to other people and spreading lies and rumors. So the ignoring thing re- li- really makes you focus on yourself. But unless you have a, a loudspeaker and you control the messaging airwaves, ignoring someone may not be the best strategy here. But it's something that Biden so far has done through his early presidency.
1: So this is the strategy that I, I like the most so far is Interesting. the ignore him. And, and I, I'll tell you why. It was different in 2020 because Trump was the president, right? Trump had that megaphone, but now Biden's the president, right? Can, Trump can get, can get on and has been on Fox News, Newsmax, whatever he wants, but that reaches only such a small percentage of, uh, of, the, uh, of Biden's gettable voters, right? Biden can control the message. He's the president. If he wants to call a press conference at prime time on a Tuesday, every single news station is going to, to, to cover him. And and Trump did this a lot, right? If he wanted to shift the, the narrative focus on something else, he would pretend to fire somebody. And then all of a sudden, the media is all about, oh my gosh, Trump fired whoever, right? Biden's not going to be firing people, but he can make big announcements and he controls the narrative as the president you have this megaphone right that you can use and that you should use right so let biden set the agenda let biden set the 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 narrative and trump's going to go off and he's going to spew hatred and racist fascist stuff on you know uh newsmax and fox news and he'll join tucker carlson and talking about how white nationalism is a good thing like that's fine Right, let him do that because those people who watch that that stuff—they're not—they're not people that Biden would be able to get in the first place. They're going to vote for Trump no matter what. Right, Biden needs to reach the, the 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 moderates, right? Moderate Democrats, moderate people, independents, whoever isn't independent anymore, and then even some moderate Republicans. And he's going to do that right by controlling the narrative, controlling the message, and depriving Trump of what he craves, like you said, which is that oxygen, which is that airtime. I think Trump wants to get into a back and forth with Biden. I think he wants that, right? Biden needs to show that he's presidential, that he doesn't care about, as he puts it, the other guy, right? And that, and that Biden's like, I'm the president. I set what, what we talk about. And what I say goes, basically, And I think this narrative is the route that Biden should go for the most part. When we get to a different option, I will um, I will amend it slightly. Uh, But but I do think that um, you know what is a bully? You know a a bully who gets a reaction from someone continues to do it because they're getting a reaction, right? If you ignore and you deprive that bully of what they want, they're going to lose lose interest. So that's why I think ignoring him is the best strategy for Biden. Well, see, I think I don't have enough confidence
0: in the Biden media machine, the White House media efforts. And that's why I'm a little bit nervous about this one, because if you have a operation like, you know, as you were just saying, Trump went out and you do a lot of press conferences, you interact with the media more. So you actually you ignore him by just doing your own thing. I am not confident in the Democrats' ability to do that, because I don't think we've ever done it correctly. Republicans always control the narrative, and we always end up responding to them. However, if we do get Iraq together, I think the ignore him and focus on what you're doing could be a really good strategy. It just is, you know, I don't know if Biden is talking about infrastructure, he's talking about high-speed broadband, and then Trump goes about and says Biden's a loser and a weak guy i don't know just (laughs) or the the crisis at our borders or and then biden has to respond to that then trump control like it's it's who's louder and if 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 i'm confident that we're gonna be louder this is great but if i'm not confident we're gonna be louder this may not work to the extent that we want to
1: yeah and i just think that as the president biden is going to inherently be louder with the with the national media with the With with the the mainstream or the lamestream media, I think Biden's going to be louder there because you know CBS. Like again, if let's let's say Biden's talking about about you know his his jobs bill and he and he's and he's having a rally in in Michigan talking about his jobs bill, right? Trump comes out and puts out a statement or he holds a rally or something in you know bumfuck Alabama right? Uh, about, you know, the, the crisis at the border, right? If Biden shifts his message then to, oh yeah, well, you, well, you started the, the border crisis and you didn't do anything at the border, then he's letting Trump control the narrative, right? But if Biden just ignores that and says, do people really care about what's happening the border or do you care about the jobs that I'm bringing you and I've brought you X amount of jobs and I've ended COVID, all things that he's done, right? then then it doesn't matter what, what 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 Trump says. I agree with you that Democrats have not done a great job of doing this, but you know, I think th- now, I'm not saying this is the most likely strategy. I just think this is the best one for him because you need to, as the president, you need to control the narrative, not let your opponent do it, right? And if Biden's worried about responding to everything that Trump says and Trump called me a loser or Trump called me, Sleepy Joe or Trump said the border is, is my fault. Then the narrative becomes Trump, 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 right? When the narrative needs to be Biden did this, Biden did this, Biden did this. When it comes to 2024 and 2022, Biden and the Democrats need to talk about all the things that they've done for the people and not let the GOP and Trump control what people think about them. I think you you do that by, by controlling the message, controlling the narrative and, and, and ignoring the bully who sits in the corner.
0: Hey man, you you're I agree with you. I just uh <laughs> you have I doubts. agree with you. I just I just don't have I just don't have the 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 confidence there. But it's a good strategy if everything does work, right? It's it's good if you actually are doing what you need to do for that. The next strategy is what I call beat him down. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually my favorite one cuz I think I think we didn't do enough of it during the entire Trump presidency. This is a little bit further than countering Trump, but it's more. It's about beating him down. You're going full throttle to expose Trump, his BS, show how his arguments are full of fraud, contrast your policy to what Trump did and how they were so bad for Americans, tear down his legacy and demonstrate to the country that Trump was and always has been a liar. Trump tried to do this a bit with Obama. You know, he he contrasted a lot with Obama. But at the end of the day, Trump did something. He didn't win, so he didn't do everything, obviously. He didn't do a lot of things right. But his apparatus was able to expand his voter base. He got 75 million people voted for him at the end of the day. So at the end, and in this media environment now, as we were just talking about, you need to make the case for yourself. And you're not going to get a lot of these Trump voters, but you have places like Uh, eastern ohio which always voted for the democrat really big union area now it that county went to trump for the first time in like 70 years they voted for republican for the first time in 70 years so there's obviously a strategy here because americans aren't paying attention to what you're doing on a daily basis they're going to say hey has this person helped me or they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I heard Biden say that. OK, I guess it's true. They, they're not thinking critically enough. There's a lot of people in this country who do not think critically enough. And so if you're going to expand your base, you, you have to make inroads with a few of the people that Trump that voted for Trump, Hispanic Americans, um, some of the some of the black Americans that voted for Trump, and especially the white Americans who voted for, for Trump. You don't have to get a lot of them. You can get five to 10 percent of them, but that will change your margins dramatically. And I think the only way if Trump does something is you – instead of him controlling it, you can control how you're doing so much of a better job he is. And eventually that might take hold as part of the narrative. So that that's my thoughts on beat him down.
1: So I actually like a combination of both of these ills, a combination of beat him down and ignore him. You have to – you know um, – you have you. you, you ha- at some point, you know, especially if Trump starts to become super pop, super popular again and he starts to become like he's going to become the, uh, um, you know, the GOP nominee in 2024, then you do have to start beating him down. Right. And you can control the narrative still talking about all the things that you've done and then do a better job of, of exposing, you know, what a fraud he is. I think that's something that we didn't do enough of like you said, in 2020, right? This is something that um, I think if you pair this with ignoring him, right, then it does allow you to control the narrative, which I just think is so important for Biden moving forward, right? Because Trump did get, you know, 75 million some odd votes and Biden does have to cut into those margins a little bit, right? And hopefully you can cut into those margins by exposing him for, what a fraud he is and obviously you're never going to get the huge trumpers because they don't listen to anything but there's someone who was you know going back and forth and in the end was like well trump did this and i don't like either candidate but i guess i'll go with him just because he's the incumbent right how do you win that voter over right trying to get a few other people uh um over uh but i, I do like a combination of beat him down along with uh ignore him
0: I like I like it being called beat him down. <laughs> um, so in, in something you were, you were just referencing is obviously we don't have to do one thing at 100% or 0%. We can do a combination because we live in the real world. Right. So Biden can do a mix of these strategies, as you were just saying, which is probably the right way to do this. In my personal opinion, he should expose Trump and his bad policies when he needs to. It's literally politics 101. That's not something that is brand new. I mean, that's been done for as long as the politics have been in the United States and more. Why are you better than the other guy or gal, right? That's, that's 101. He should ignore the matter when it's trivial. This is my opinion. He should beat down Trump when he goes on about something existential like voting. And I think it was a really, really, really bad mistake that he was not as strong on it when Trump was going on about how the election was rigged. Biden made a couple of speeches, but he really was not on TV. He wasn't doing all these interviews about it. Like He let Trump control the narrative, and then here we go. The GOP is now using it as an excuse to make voting laws more restrictive, which could really have a long-term significance to Democrats as well. And you deal with fraud by exposing a fraud. That's how Biden should play it, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I think um I think if there's a narrative that Trump is pushing that really really gets at the heart of a really significant policy, Biden needs to come out and he needs to beat him down about it. Because if he lets Trump control it, then you know what? As you just mentioned, when when you have someone spreading rumors and it's unchecked, the rumors are just going to continue.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. And you know, I, I and so I think we're better on 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 more on the same page. Here, Hills is I. I think getting into the drawn to the small stuff about culture wars and cancel culture and Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato Head and all that's just silly. Like Biden just doesn't need any of that, right? But the bigger things, like um, you know, like you said, like you know, the 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 big lie or you know, election fraud, like like that kind of stuff. Biden should come out and hit hard at and that's the kind of thing where you can beat trump down on that and be like well you know you're talking about you know fraud the only people who committed fraud were actually your supporters and you want to make voting harder i want to make voting easier right like there are things that that there are certain topics you have to pick your battles and really go go in hard and beat trump down on a couple of things because he's like you know origami. You put a little pressure on him and, and he folds. That was a terrible analogy. But, um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, he's just... I'm holding I'm holding you to it. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but he's just, like, you know, Trump doesn't stand up to pressure well. You know? Um, and, and so push him on the things that are important to you. Biden should pick, like, two or three things and if Trump mentions this and he starts to spread dangerous misinformation, I'm going to call him out on it. But everything else... I'm controlling the, the, the narrative. I'm ignoring it. I'm the president. You're not. And that will just drive Trump crazy.
0: Yeah, I think, it, I think it will too. And I think it's a pretty good way to deal with someone who is clearly still in power of the GOP. I, I mean, who knows if he's actually going to run in 2024. But even if he doesn't, he's going to be a force in that party until he dies. Yeah. I, quite honestly. So as Democrats, we have to have a strategy to deal with him because if we let him say whatever he wants and let him get away with whatever he wants it's going to be really bad for us. And of, end of story. Like it just it just no scenario ends up good for us and as evident in the last 4 years like he hadn't had anyone to beat him down. So then he just let him people just let him do whatever he wanted. Well, Biden technically did beat him down, but not in the necessarily public way that I thought one may do that.
1: Yeah, um but you just have to be, be be careful because it just again it's just different when Trump's not the president. He's just not going to get as much mainstream as a, as, a, as much main coverage as he was at, at, at the time, right? He like I said, he may go on Fox News on on the weekend, but that you know, like the moderate voter isn't going to be watching Fox Business and say, oh, Trump's on. I should you know hear what he's going to say. Like 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 I said, they, they're not day to day, you know. Uh, voters they're like, like at the end of the day it's been four years what have you done for me right and so exactly trump had, and so let the small stuff go let trump have his little outrages on his new platform and stuff but if but again pick like election fraud and something else and if that comes up you need to continue to bat down that information that beat, beat down that misinformation and then and then switch the narrative back to what you are doing to help people
0: yeah. At the end of the day, it's all about what your policies and why you're the best choice for the country. So with that, with that, I think we've uh, I think we've figured out what to do with, about Trump. So we should be hired by the Democrats now.
1: There you go. Yeah. We're our, uh, yeah. Our, uh, we'll be sending you our resumes very soon.
0: Yeah. I mean, you would ha- I would have to hope that this has been discussed before. I'm assuming it has, oh, God, but it so. doesn't seem like a policy <laughs> is in place about this. But anyway, talking about policies in place, uh, we're going to be, your side dish is coming up and we're going to be talking about vaccination rates and COVID rates, and that's coming up next.
1: So for your side dish, we're talking about vax rates versus COVID rates. Okay, so this side dish is going to consist of good news and then also some bad news. So Hills, do you want to start with the good news or do you want to start with the bad news?
0: Let's start with the bad news.
1: Okay, here's the bad news. Um, COVID cases appear to be ticking back up. Uh, There are five states that represent about 45% of COVID cases in the United States. Florida, Michigan, New York, New Jersey, Texas. Those are the five states that represent almost half of the COVID cases in the country. You have some states like Missouri and Mississippi, who have opened up uh, vaccine appointments to all of their uh, citizens or residents anyone who's over the age of 18 and they are reporting they have tons of blank covid vaccine appointments which means that the vaccine hesitancy is still a problem in those super red states the white house is expecting a drop in j and j the johnson and johnson vaccine uh, for the next few weeks due to the human error that occurred in one of their uh, facilities the government is warning that some people are, are uh, posting uh, fake vaccine uh, cards, so the vaccine passports, like these, the cards that you get when you get vaccinated. Some people are producing fake ones and offering to sell them to people. Um, AstraZeneca, uh, this is, continues to be a problem, and uh, they have now said that some of their vaccines in people who are under 30 may lead to blood clots, which leads to fewer people in the world getting the AstraZeneca vaccine, which is a problem for the United States. And lastly, you have the GOP governors and some Democratic governors who are starting to open up very, very quickly, which leads to a rise uh, in the COVID cases. So, Hills, this is not great news. Any uh, thing to add on the bad news front?
0: Well, I don't have anything to add, but it kind of sucks that New York (laughs) and New Jersey are in this i mean it's the fourth wave right i mean i mean i'm in new york people some people are very um taking this continually seriously and some people are just they're done with it right and i feel like somewhere along the line i think maybe it was this summer or this fall the whole like oh yeah i'm gonna be cautious about this just kind of went out the window i mean florida and texas they're just open completely i don't even know what's going on with michigan but it's, it's just strange that we're just seeing this increase again, and it's getting warmer out.
1: Right. And, you know, the, the thing is, is that when you, when you open up as fast as these places did, of course, you're going to see and tick up in, in the cases. And in some ways, like I get it, people have been in, you know, in quarantine for basically a year. And it just speaks to the, the huge failure of the Trump presidency that people are so sick of this. That they're willing to like I've, I, why we did a full year, you know I didn't do this for Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever, and now I'm, I'm going out because things are getting better and I'm going to go out, right? And it's just the wrong approach to take. But let's just shift to the good news for a little bit. So at time of recording, there have been uh, over 175 million vaccines that have been given. 68 million people are fully vaccinated, which is just over 20% of the population. Uh, Biden says we will have enough vaccines for every adult to sign up and to start getting their vaccine on April 19th. In nine days, we're going to have enough vaccines for everybody. Um, we will hit the 200 million dose uh, of shots in arms for Biden before his 100 days. His strategy here seems to be um, that we are going to underpromise and then over deliver, which I think is a really smart strategy. Uh, for Biden. And then uh, we are the US is vaccinating people at a far faster pace than anyone else in the world. We are leading the world in vaccinating people. So that is all good things. Tell us anything that you want to comment on the good news. I mean, this
0: is this is actually incredible. And it's so crazy when you when you think about the news about more people getting COVID, but we have 30% of the the population who are now vaccinated like 30% of the of the US population has at least one dose in them. Not super great news about AstraZeneca. I don't know if I would uh <laughs> if I would if I would use the AstraZeneca vaccine, but I mean we have three vaccines out there. Appointments are being available to to more and more people there. It's becoming assess- accessible. And I just saw just recently that blue states are vaccinating at higher rates than red states. I mean, I think I don't think that was a surprise to anyone, but um, I don't know why Trump Trump got the vaccine. I don't know why he's so hesitant to like tell his supporters to get the vaccine. He did, but he just says it in like a statement. He doesn't like come out and say it to people. I know why, but you know, it's it's a little odd. But still, the fact that we have so many so many doses and that vaccines are here and they're accessible is you just think about January. Like there was like very little mm-hmm. appointments, you had no idea inside. I was thinking, you know, it'd be May before I even think about getting vaccinated at that rate. But Biden and his team, they made this a priority. And the fact that we're, that it's mid April and that it's accessible to everyone around the country, it, a triumph of the new administration. And I think they should really try, they should really showcase this a lot more than I think they have.
1: Well, it's, it, it's hard. They can't showcase it yet, right? Because it's, it's so bad. But, um, but like, you know, Michigan, like, no one knows what's going on with, with Michigan. The governor hasn't, you know, opened everything back up, and Michigan is in a really bad spot. And so Trump, and so Biden, is sending federal support to Michigan to help her, because that's what the federal government does. They they step in, and they help the people, right? So I hope Michigan remembers that when it comes time <laughs> to you know for these elections to come up, that you know the. Trump called her a nasty woman and, you know, didn't want to send any support to her. Uh, Biden sees that Michigan cases are on the rise and immediately sends in federal aid. Doesn't, I mean, no, just huge difference. But so what does this all mean? So right now it's a race against time, right? Can the U, we've been saying this for, a, a, people have been saying this for a long time. Can the U.S. vaccinate enough people before, you know, it gets really bad like we saw in, in January? There are uh, um, two kind of schools of thought about this. Some people say we are going to see a fourth wave. And, you know, we're going to be seeing this fourth wave. It's going to be not as bad as the winter was, but think summer of 2020. Right? That's the fourth wave that we're going to see. Other people uh, are saying that enough people are vaccinated or have already gotten COVID that um, we're going to see these little pockets flare up. And right now you're seeing pockets in the, in the two big red states, Florida and, and Texas. You're seeing flare ups in Michigan and flare ups somewhere in, in the northeast, like in New York and New Jersey. But these are flare ups, not indicative of an f- actual fourth wave coming. So what can we do? The same thing that we've been doing, mask up, wash up, stand back. Um, and, uh, get your vaccine. I don't know if anyone here listening has not gotten their vaccine. Hills and I are both fully vaccinated and just the, the toll that is taken off your shoulders when you know that you're going to be safe is just, I mean, it's so lifting and it, it brings you so much hope. And the side effects, you know, range from not that bad to a little bit, but it's not worse than getting COVID, right? Like, that's what I don't understand. Is if people are like, "Oh, I'm worried about side effects." Like, aren't you worried about getting COVID and dying? Like, getting the vaccine is not going to put you in the hospital on a ventilator.
0: Continue to put your mask on, get your vaccine, and remember just look at just look at Australia. They've like they're back to normal life, and they have been at normal life for months. And it's because they actually followed the rules. And the sooner everyone gets vaccinated, guys the more quicker we can go back to the way things were. I mean, it's just, it's that simple. If you get vaccinated, we reach herd immunity quicker, and then most people have the vaccine, and then the virus spreads a lot less. It's it's very simple. So get your vaccine when you're able to, and talk to your doctor if you're not sure, uh, if, if you feel uncomfortable about it. Because the internet is not your doctor.
1: Or- Call up Hills and he'll tell you all about the vaccine.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a, a licensed medical doctor in. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, no. uh, I will I will tell you to get your vaccine, but I don't <laughs> I don't That's know it. anything That's else it. about you. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do it for free.
1: All right, <laughs> there you go, there you go. He'll do it for free. Well, we're gonna move on to our dessert, which is all about uh, the Winter Olympics in 2022, and if we're gonna boycott them. So stick around.
0: Welcome, everybody, to your dessert today. And we are talking about potentially boycotting the 2022 Winter Olympics. So the Winter Olympics are scheduled to be held in Beijing, China. And we're talking about this because China has long been a concern over the truly massive human rights violations um, from Hong Kong to the Uyghurs in Western China and the genocide, you know, they're putting um, Uyghurs are non, they're non, you know, Han Chinese. They are Turkish in ethnic origin and they are largely Muslim. China is a very big country. And so they're in the Western part of uh, the country. And then you kind of get into Central Asia there. And so that's where a lot of the Uyghurs live. And China has been very brutal in, you know, forcing Uyghurs into different camps, into doing a lot of human rights violations, including killing some. So it's been a really big sticking point. And reports came out on Tuesday that the US is considering joining other other nations to lead a boycott because of the human rights rights violations that the Chinese government has undertaken. The State Department said that there was nothing in the works, but clearly that report came from somewhere. China warned against harming the Games over, quote, politics, unquote. I don't know if this is just standard politics or just, you know, the respect for human rights. Not saying that we are friends with other countries who do other bad things, but this could, you know, this has been a long-time issue. The International uh, Committee of the Olympics and the U.S. Olympics and Paralympics Committee also they oppose boy- boycotts. As they unfairly punish the athletes rather than the host country. And, you know, there are two thoughts here. You know, you know, one, you go over and dominate them in the Olympics and try to embarrass China, but you know, that relies on athletes, right? So we may not win. Or you lead a boycott and hope other larger, more you know, influential nations join you into to get a change of Chinese policy because they want the Olympics as badly as anyone else does it's a massive tourism and revenue generator so josh what do you think about boycotting the olympics
1: oh man it's a touchy subject for me because i love the olympics when they got postponed last year i was devastated i love the olympics especially i like the summer olympics more than the winter olympics so if you're if you're going to if we're going to uh boycott the olympics i would prefer it'd be the winter ones and the summer ones uh, I don't know, Hills. I I just feel like if you boycott the the, the Olympics, then – because the, the Olympics are supposed to be, quote-unquote, not political. And you're supposed to just – we had Olympics that were held in Nazi Germany, right? And people say that the best way to show Nazi Germany that they're um, – you know that their white supremacist, uh, white nationalist views were were wrong was to have Jesse Owens, a black man, beat you know all of their athletes, and there 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 is some truth to that I think, um, but I you know you just get into dicey territory because then when the U.S. Ho- hosts something, uh, you know you're gonna have other countries boy- boycott it and and you get into a whole back and forth. I'm not necessarily opposed to it. I just think. It gets it gets dicey quickly. I would prefer that to combat the massive human rights violations that are happening um, in in China. I prefer that the U.S. government put sanctions on or do sanctions or something along those lines, rather than just say we're going to pull out of our athletes. Because I don't I think I don't, I don't think you're going to get a lot of people to follow. Um, you look at the World Cup that's coming up in 2022. It's in Qatar, right? And Qatar has Massive human rights violations, right? And there's and there's always this chatter of, oh, we should, you know, remove their World Cup bid, and then they never do. I feel like that, this is becoming very common um, more recently, and I feel like a lot of it is just talk and bluster, and then when it comes down to it, they don't actually do it.
0: Yet. I mean, there's obviously a case to be made for doing this. I just um, I'm not sure if the case would actually be made or not right the u.s doesn't have a spectacular human rights record as we speak <laughs> so in things we do so the chinese government could just be like hey they, they could try and deflect like i don't know if enough That's countries really would 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 want to come on board with it i mean they probably agree but you know China's a really big trading partner so if you do this what other retaliatory measures would china take for doing this. And also, is there a way that your athletes can compete while drawing attention to the Uyghurs during the, mm. uh, um, or is there a way to, to do both, right? To have, to to draw attention to the human rights violations happening while co- actually competing. And anything that we do, you know, it will hurt our relationship with China, but they will also try and do something retaliatory. So we have to think about that part as well.
1: Yeah. that, 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 that That's a really good point. U.S. is, not foreign to uh, human rights violations as well. Uh, so they could very, very – China could very, very easily just say, well, we're boycotting this because, you know, you've done some stuff too. So um, I just think this is more of a way to – this is more of a, you know, what should our government do rather than, um, you know, punish the athletes. But I do love your idea of, you know, like you, you look around now and, you have the Black Lives Matters um, protests. People are kneeling before soccer games, kneeling for national flags. You have people who are wearing like the names of African Americans who, who who were killed um, by by by, the, by police, um, you know, on like their warm-up jerseys and stuff. I think there are more creative ways to bring attention to what's happening in in, in Hong Kong and all the other massive rights violations that are, that, are, that are going on i i think i would prefer the olympics to for the u.s to continue to compete in the olympics but if if they end up boycotting it i would understand
0: yeah i i have a feeling we're not gonna boycott this yeah um, i agree just i i don't think we will uh, but it's it's a I, also to your point before about um you know proving to nazi germany that the nazi race isn't superior i don't know if we got that I mean, great that Jesse Owens won, but I don't know if the message got across very well in that. That's true. <laughs> in that Olympics, um, seeing what happened afterwards, but but again, I think this is a good discussion to have. And also, is is there anything that we can do as a country? What can we do to draw attention to this issue, aside from the Olympics? In addition to the Olympics, I think it is important. But it, it's a good, it's a it's a good conversation to
1: have. This has been a great conversation. And we're going to end our show with the with the pre-dinner shot answer, which is coming up next. <music> you have patiently waited the whole podcast for the answer to the pre-dinner shot, and we're gonna give it to you right now. As a reminder, the pre-dinner shot question was true was true or false. We should be concerned about the debt. Okay? True or false? And the answer is is false the debt means nothing right now we are in the middle of you know a recession potentially right a covid recession the last thing we should be concerned about is what our debt means like whether our debt is 28 trillion or 30 trillion doesn't really matter because no one's going to come calling us and say now i'm here to collect my 30 trillion dollars right? In some ways, having debt is good for your your credit. So don't listen to the Republicans who tell you that our debt's too high, blah, 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 like it is too high. Like We should work to get it down at some point, but now is not the time to do it. It can't always be the Democrats' job to bring the debt down when dealing with an economic crisis that the Republicans have left, and then Republicans get to just drive up the the debt and the the deficit as much as they want to, right? Uh, You want to look at uh, part of the reason that the debt has exploded, look at the Trump tax cuts that were passed under his administration, right? That exploded the debt, added trillions of dollars to our national debt. So um, I don't buy the Republicans now crying crying, uh, party foul because they want the debt to come down. Hills, what do you think about the answer?
0: I love the answer. I love it because it's, it's true. Look, I mean, the, the debt is an issue that we're going to have to deal with as a country, and it's not going to be pretty easy or fast, which is all of what Americans want, pretty easy and fast. So, so But I, I agree with you, right? The, the $28 trillion is not going to go away overnight. It doesn't mean just because Biden is president and we're spending money to actually get our country running again, it means that we have to think, oh, the debt, but the Democrats are in charge. So we have to talk about the debt. I mean, the, every tax cut means that there's less revenue coming in. And so you would think, oh, well, we have less money to spend. But it doesn't work that way because we're already overspending on our military. Um, we, we have to talk about – this is an entirely new episode. We have to talk about Medicare and Social Security. Um, there are ways that you can reform those things, which making sure beneficiaries are safe. Uh, which I think needs to happen because if we can get those things down, along with the military budget, and uh, we can actually, you know, help pay off some of this debt at certain points, but right now, like I, the debt's going to be there. We're going to keep growing, so we we shouldn't just start worrying about it now. We will have to think of a long, maybe Biden can do this during his presidency, but a long term strategy to deal with the debt, and that might have to tackle with entitlements. And making sure that Social Security is safe for people who have it now, but maybe changes for people who don't have it, like us, like well, us, thirty-year-olds.
1: Right, right. No, I, I think that's that's well said, Hills. Well said.
0: But you're right. It doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> spend <laughs> spend away, Biden. Spend away.
0: But actually, though, you know.
1: Yeah, but, but actually, <laughs> he should spend away because we, we need to get out of this. You know. Recession that we're still going towards. I mean, it, jobs numbers are better, but you know we still have an incredibly high unemployment rate, and it's even higher for people who are um, minorities and women. So we have a lot of work that we need to do to get the economy to be fair for everyone and to be roaring again. And then when the economy is roaring and we have super low unemployment across the board, across different races, um, and and, uh, and uh, you know then we can maybe start to look at how I bring the debt down a little bit, but right, it's, it's not a priority right now.
0: Definitely not. Definitely
1: not. Good question, Josh. Thank you. Thank you. I, I hope it was a little bit easier than, than you know, what is the bird rule? <laughs> so I thought I'd give people a break from super, super, uh, super, super tough questions. And this way you have 50-50 chance. True or false? Yeah.
0: yeah. For those who got it right, congratulations. Congratulations. So before you go, we have a few important messages for you. The intro and the outro music is by Brett Hillsberg, and the transition music is by Joseph McDade. And if you enjoy the episode, please hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. If you didn't do it before, please do it now. You have another shot before the episode ends. (laughs) Leave (laughs) us a written review. If we get five or more reviews uh, right now, it will help make the show turn up, so please write something about us. If you have any questions, you can email us at threecoursepolitics@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter or on Twitter, um, you could just follow us. Uh, you can search 3 course Politics, 3 course Pod at 3 course pod, and just follow us. Um, Josh, anything else you want to
1: add? No, just uh, thanks so much, everyone, for uh, listening, and have a good day, and we'll be back in your feed soon.
0: Thank you, everybody.